0: I believe our expectations for children participating in worship has been forever raised. May it be so. Not just this week, but in the weeks past. And as one of our young readers remarked recently, good morning, people of church, for that's who you are, that's who we are. In this Lenten season, we are deep in the current of the waters of COVID. We follow Jesus in this holy week. We too sense the rush of the crowds. We yearn for the steady current of God's steadfast love, calling us to deep hope in the one who comes in the name of the Lord. In the earlier chapters of John, four times, We read of Jesus saying, The hour has not yet come. But we are now with this hour. And in John 12, 12 to 16, there is more than one current of hope presented. So have you ever lived through an event only to realize later its significance? I'm sure we have. March 13, 2020, or thereabouts, was one such moment that most of us can recall. In a telephone conference with Alan F. Weaver, Stephanie Horst, Lisa Palmer, and Pastor Miriam Cruz, we considered alternate worship plans for Sunday, March 15, because we had become aware of a new virus that emerged in the East Coast, and Montgomery County near Philadelphia. Without fully understanding coronavirus, we felt some precautions. I recall our follow-up meeting Saturday morning, March 14, when we decided to make the call for an alternate digital worship service. And when I shared that I had just come from Costco, I was told in no uncertain terms, Don, don't go to Costco. Twice I heard it. Don, don't go to Costco. So you see, I was not yet up to full understanding of what was going on. And when Todd Friesen returned on Thursday from an isolated retreat in Colorado, he asked the same thing I would have asked. Do you think we can hold worship together on Easter? And Miriam Cruz and I, our silence and our simultaneous no, was a new revelation for all of us. That's one way I experienced COVID shutdown. I saw and heard about coronavirus, but better understood the complexity only as more time passed, and I still do. 2000 years ago, we find the disciples in a similar place. Remember, Jesus has said his hour has not yet come. So after Lazarus is raised from the dead in chapter 11 and Mary anoints Jesus with expensive perfume for burial purposes, Jesus enters Jerusalem. And if there were any lingering doubts in the crowd regarding Jesus, the expectant crowds now see what they understand as proof of Jesus' identity purpose and mission he has come to free them from the oppressive romans there are the hopeful shouts of hosanna save us your king is coming and blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord furthermore palms were waved as jesus came by perhaps reminding these folks the stories from their ancestors 164 years earlier at the royal procession to rededicate the temple or even more recently in 141 BC, the celebration of the Jewish violent overthrow of Rome. And there were palms on Jewish coins as well. The oppressive Roman rule, however, returned. So Jesus arrives on a donkey perhaps reminding them of King Solomon who rode in on a mule at his coronation. All to say, the disciples see and hear what the crowd did, and perhaps they share the same kind of hope as the crowd. But there is a deeper current of hope in these events that was unclear to them until after Jesus' death resurrection and ascension what the disciples didn't understand or perceive is how this same palm sunday underscores the true nature of Jesus identity mission and purpose jesus did come to bring freedom a battle is fought jesus is a king but he's not king david rather he arises as I like to say, as a, quote, donkey king. With an unbroken cult of a young donkey, not trained for battle, not trained to be a war steed. And then there's the attention from the alternations from Psalm 118, which John uses a bit differently. He writes, do not fear, Maybe he's thinking of the Romans, instead of saying rejoice. And he recalls that Jesus is sitting versus riding. That's a key point. Sitting equals someone who's already reigning. The victory is already achieved. And all of these point to Jesus' true identity, purpose, and mission which the disciples only understand with some reflection much later. So Jesus rides into Jerusalem in John's telling of this story. There's the pull of the crowds, the lofty expectations, and the lack of understanding. And alongside, there is this inevitable journey to the cross, which we will follow through this holy week. For the path that Jesus begins will carry him to garden, trial, cross, and the tomb. Unlike us, the 12 didn't know where this Palm Sunday processional is heading. They didn't know where the story is going. They just knew the one they cheered on was becoming a somewhat dangerous character to be associated with, even as they fled for their lives. And though we understand what the disciples did not, we still can miss the mark about Jesus' identity and purpose. To this end, Catherine Willis uh, Persie writes in the Christian Century about some modern tendencies. We tend to treat Palm Sunday as a sort of mini Easter. And I love this next phrase, a get out of Lent free day in our church year. We easily identify with the praise choir, she writes. We easily imagine ourselves in the cheering crowd, but prefer, at least I do, to excuse ourselves from the Good Friday company. So for us, each Palm Sunday is our time to once again recognize these two currents in Jesus' triumphal entry. And when I'm honest with myself, I realize I had the capacity and to swim in both of them to offer praise and to participate in violence or racism or anything that degrades people. Significantly, in verse 23 of John 12, Jesus finally says, the hour has come. Jesus meant his death. But it means something for us as well. The time has come for us to find streams of hope located deep in this text. So how how is God calling you to deep hope? Well, there is hope in that the one forsaken by the crowds will never, ever, ever, ever forsake us. For God's love endures forever and calls us to remain connected to our lifeline we call Jesus. There is also hope in diving deep in the text to find the clues to Jesus' identity. We can't always stay on the surface. We just can't to understand our experiences. we too hope for deeper understanding what we at first do not understand about Jesus, about each other, about our loved ones, about the current events of injustice and bigotry. We too hope in that With reflection and faith that we understand the conflict of our present better, more fully, after some time has passed. We hope through reflection and faith that our conflicts will be understood better after time has passed. So hope is not simply limited to our present understanding. I am so relieved about that. And Palm Sunday is not just another parade. Rather, it's a moment for communal reflection on Jesus' identity. For our life as a congregation is shaped by the life and love of Jesus. And we remember Palm Sunday in light of the rest of the story. And that takes reflection to more fully appreciate Palm Sunday. For it's these deep streams of hope in which which I wish to ride along. And may it be so for all of us. Amen. God bless you.